In this episode of Shaping the Future, I'm speaking with Christian Kroll, founder and CEO of Ecosia, the world's largest not-for-profit search engine that actually uses profits to plant trees. Christian has built a true 21st century enterprise that sees profit in terms of how much carbon they can lock up while respecting privacy and paying taxes. To paraphrase Christian, no one should be able to call themselves a billionaire until they absorb a billion tonnes of carbon from the atmosphere. Every ad clicked on the Ecosia search engine means that trees get planted that support communities and the environment. It is a simple choice that all of us can make to switch a daily activity like web searching to actually having a positive impact on the climate. Christian also talks about a growing generation of green technology innovators who are doing things differently. Forget the usual billionaires with macho space toys and start listening to the next generation who are focused on repairing the earth and shaping a world that is actually better for all of us. Please do subscribe as we have more interviews coming on a range of subjects from climate science, global security and the killing of activists in regions like the Amazon. All of these interviews are with key people who are playing a role in forging a survivable path to the future, whether that be by warning or by designing. You can also support this work via Patreon, which will help me turn around episodes faster. Thank you. Hey, Christian, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me today. It's, it's great to have an opportunity to learn more about Ecosia. Most people know that Ecosia is a green search engine. What is the difference when Google says at the bottom of its page, carbon neutral since whatever year and Ecosia's approach to a sustainable tech business? Yeah, so I think, um, I mean, we're also a search engine, so there, there is no real big difference there. You can either use uh, Google or Ecosia and get more or less the same results. But the big difference is that we don't stop at carbon neutral, but actually go way beyond. Um, so for example, um, when you're searching with Ecosia, clicking on advertisement and we're generating money, then um, we're using the profits from those, uh, this advertisement income to finance tree planting projects around the world. And we've already financed 125 million trees so far. And um, that has a big, big positive impact on the climate. Not only no negative impact, but actually hugely positive impact. And we calculated that each search with Ecosia actually has a positive climate impact of around one kilogram of CO2 absorbed from the atmosphere. And compared to the potential negative impact of a surge of 0.2 gram, that's what a factor 5,000 or something like that, more positive impact that you're having instead of just avoiding small negative impact. So yeah, you're not only not harming the, the climate, which is nice, but really you're contributing to repairing our climate and our planet, our ecosystems. You're helping the communities who live in our tree planting projects um, you're also supporting, let's say, a different way of doing business by using Ecosia instead of other search engines. And even if you just look at the at the electricity use, we are not only 100% renewable electricity, but we spend much more money on renewable energies. And actually, I think we're 300% renewable or something like that. So even there, you have a positive impact. So we're, I would say, much, much greener than, than all our competitors. Let's say you keep growing and more and more people start using Ecosia, et cetera. Do you reach a sort of plateau or do, do these benefits keep going in tandem? 
Well, we have enough space to uh, plant around one trillion trees uh, without running into any any space issues. There's enough uh, agricultural land that could benefit from additional trees or land that is currently not forested that should be forested. So in terms of tree planting capacity, there's, there's definitely no issue. On the contrary, it actually needs more uh, tree planting activity. So that's not a problem. And also when more people use us, we will actually be doing more of what we're doing already. We can build more renewable energy. We can and basically finance more tree planting projects so there's no limit cool so yeah so if there's a choice it's a good one to make so over 20 years ago when i first used a search engine to navigate web pages and bought into this ethos of big tech companies it seemed like a, a hopeful period and i think whether we like it or not even those commenting on my feeds that it's too late to tackle climate change all this kind of stuff we are all using big tech to orchestrate our lives, even these comments, and it feels like a, a more cynical time now. Where do you think we, or where did our techno dreams go wrong in, in that period? Yeah, so I think, I mean, you can, even if things aren't great at the moment, uh, especially when it comes to the market dominance of many of the tech players, you can still, you can still choose. And uh, I think that's what, Everybody of us can do, just choose a different search engine, choose a different mail provider. There are better options out there than the, the standard ones. It's not hopeless, basically. Um, I also hope that the big tech companies will start waking up to what they're missing out on. And that is Apple, Google, Microsoft. They're generating billions of profit every year. And I hope that overall society will soon wake up and realize what kind of a problem climate change actually is. And then that those big companies also make use of their huge funds to actually really have a meaningful impact uh, to solve climate change. So that's already starting to happen a little bit. But for me, that's kind of what the, the climate targets they have. They are nice, but considering what they could be doing, they're just really, well, almost nothing. And that, that I hope will happen more. I personally, of course, also hope that this, this concentration of market power, in some cases, even monopolies like in Germany, uh, where I'm based, Google has, I think, 97% market share. That's not good, <laughs> no matter which market you're talking about, but especially in search, that's not good because a lot of people get their information from searching. So I hope that this will also change. You conceive, DKC, sort of part of the journey that we're all taking in an uncertain future. And this podcast is basically trying to conceive of a future that we all want to live in. How do you see Ecosia? in this journey into 2030, 2050, you know, in this kind of timeline that everyone's trying to visualize from a business perspective. Yeah. So, well, I started Ecosia, I think 11 years ago, and that was basically right after my studies. And I just wanted to do something good, but I didn't really know what this would be. <laughs> so it was just a hunch that tree planting is nice. And I know a little bit about tech, so why not start a search engine that plants trees? So that was basically the idea. But now, kind of 11 years in, I realized that Ecosia is really part of a bigger transformation that needs to happen in society. We need to move away from a, from a society and from an economic system that is based on destruction of our planet. We need to move very quickly to the point where we're not only where, where we stop destroying, but then already continue <laughs> and to the next phase, which is we really start repairing. So... I think a lot of companies now have the ambition to become net carbon neutral, um, and that's nice, but that's still not enough. Like we should have done in that in the 80s or I don't know when. Now it's too late for that. We have to 
already think what yeah. what can the next step be and that is that is really becoming regenerative really becoming climate positive and i think for this kind of transition for this transition to a regenerative world ecosia can be a great example or even a great role model because we like we have a massive positive impact we are one of the i think if you look at the positive impact per employee i think we're we're one of the, the best ones out there um and we see a lot of big corporations um who are interested in what we're doing we see a lot of young smart talented people who would only work at a company like us because they know how how important climate change is and i think there's a big transformation happening and i hope that that we as ecosia can can have a contribution to that transformation Okay, yeah, I think you touched on two things there. One is this kind of idea of a new model for future tech startups, but also other businesses who have to really try and think about how they're going to operate in the in the coming years. And also this um, the idea of new entrepreneurs. It's a different landscape, isn't it, to 20 years ago? You're not just trying to be any of these great big guys who have so much money that they end up looking kind of ridiculous in today's world. Yeah, yeah. For me, that's really this model is, I think, outdated. Um, maybe I'm I live in my small bubble, but I see a lot of people around me thinking thinking the same way. And I think really, if you're in the 21st century, I think you should only be allowed to call yourself a billionaire if you've actually absorbed a billion tons of CO2 from the atmosphere. <laughs> this is the new. This is this should be the new billionaires club. Um, and out of the billionaires that I'm seeing on the Forbes normal billionaires list, there none of them has achieved that. Um, so I think this is like this is the change that needs to happen in society. And I I see a lot of also young entrepreneurs. Like we've we've recently launched launched a project um, called TreeCard. Uh, that by now it's it's its own business. And it's basically a debit card that you use like a normal debit card, but every time you make a payment, a small share of the payment goes to tree planting projects. And this project was launched by uh, a few very young entrepreneurs, I think 21 years old. They already started businesses previously, really, really successful and, and like on a very, very good trajectory. And they could have probably started their next for-profit venture and made millions, hundreds of millions or even billions, whatever. But they were not interested in that. Of course, they wanted to make some money, yeah. but the climate impact was really much more important to them. And that... So I see that rather often now, um, and I think that is really different from um, from how people thought 20 years ago. Because in the end, I mean, what uh, I even feel like, what 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 do you want to do with billions? Like, what what is a billion <laughs> useful for if you don't? <laughs> so I, or what we did with Ecosia, we we gave up the right to ever sell the company or ever take any profits out of the company. So with that, I basically made sure that I will never become a multi-million. Uh, never have a multi-million euro or dollar bank account but that for me just feels fine because i know that i have certain needs i need to be able to fulfill them i want to have some kind of a little bit of security to pay my rent and uh, also make sure that i won't die uh, hungry and poor <laughs> so a little bit of stability there but beyond that i feel like Many people realize you can't, with money, you can't buy happiness with money. Living with money in a world that is basically going down is also not really nice. So I think people are looking for new types of purposes than just becoming rich. Sure. And I think planting trees or just helping helping our planet is one of the best things that you can do if you have money. Well, planting trees is obviously, it's very tangible and it's very real and very necessary. And 
it kind of opens the door for all kinds of ideas now of contributing towards this future that we're trying to envisage, really. I've got another question here. The youth movement, parents, Extinction Rebellion, all these groups have made a stand in recent years on the climate issue and environmental issue. But the pandemic seemed to create an impact. All we had left to play with was techn technology. How can we use technology better to make widespread statements from civil society that cross the boundaries and, and unify voices? Because we are in a global world now, whether we like it or not. Yeah, so I think technology can really play a good role. Um, however, I'm so I like technology and I think we should keep further developing technology. But I think the real power was created when a lot of people actually went to the streets and, and started protesting. And I don't know, a, a Facebook comment is just not the same as going to the streets. So I think we still need that in the mix. Um, I personally would hope for technology that is also focusing more on the well-being of not only the people, but also of us as a society. So a lot of like social networks, for example, are optimized for making users use their platform as long as possible, even, yeah. even though that doesn't necessarily have a good impact on society. It makes additional advertising revenue, but it doesn't make the people happier using, using social media for three, four hours a, a day. So yeah, I think that needs to change. So overall, as a society, we just really need to change our, our focus from making profit or generating money or generating GDP to really the question, what is important for our well-being what are, is the new kind of gdp that we are aiming for and gross happiness product or something like that and then what factors play into that and how can we achieve this and and basically re reprioritize um, what businesses or even states aim for and i think that shift is happening as long as we are still in a world where all of the companies that are running our internet basically are profit maximizing businesses, I think uh, this won't happen very quickly, but there are other companies. I mean, there's Wikipedia, there's us, for example, also Mozilla. So there, there are options that you could use if you kind of want to move away from the profit maximizing path and rather yeah, want to support alternative offerings. Okay, and are you offering, using Google as an example, because they're, they're sort of ubiquitous and they have a suite of offerings, which you kind of end up getting embedded in one way or another. Are you expanding your suite of offerings or is it just search? How? Yeah, so, so we're not planning to create email or Google Docs or anything like that. I think we would only lose money doing that. And uh, that means in our case, burning trees basically, or well, not planting trees or taking money away from the tree budget. But there are other areas where our model would actually make sense. Like in the area of shopping, for example, online shopping, we could not only make additional money for tree planting if we had some kind of a shopping platform, but also help people make more sustainable purchasing choices and really, uh, I don't know, let's say buy the more climate friendly washing machine instead of just the, the cheapest one. So this is definitely an area that we're looking into. Also other areas like travel, um, if we can convince a few people to take maybe the train and not, not the plane to get from A to B, that's also important. But then I think that's that's more or less is it. Like we are a small company, we have less than 100 people. Um, Google has 100,000 people, so we can't compete in all areas we have to really focus how much because you're talking about these things and obviously there's a certain appeal especially 
I, in fact, I'm probably wrong here. I was going to say, especially to a younger audience, but that's probably not the case now. How much do you know about your users and how do you engage with them? So we actually don't know much about our users, at least not about the individual users, because we are very privacy friendly. We're not tracking any, like we're not creating any user profiles. Um, we're not, uh, I don't know, uh, selling data to advertisers or buying data to know more about our users. We're uh, much more privacy friendly than the other search engines are. Um, but overall, we know more or less that our audience is rather young. Uh, I think we know that I think 80% of our users are less than 30 years old. So really like tending more towards a young audience. And many of our users are on social media. We have great content, for example, on, on YouTube, great videos about our tree planting projects. On Instagram, we publish stories from our tree planting projects. I really like following those. I mean, we could also, we also write reports. We write financial reports, for example, where people can just read really the, the kind of pure data <laughs> on our tree planting success. But it's, I think it's nicer to actually see the images and see the individual people that are affected and that we do via Instagram and YouTube. And I think those are, of course, platforms where uh, young audiences are gathering. Okay. So you're telling these stories, basically. Yep. Okay. And as we move towards the next COP, where big corporations tell us change is hard and it's going to be slow. Do you have a message for the next generation of innovators or for those other businesses about doing things differently? Yeah. So I think if people say change is hard, I think we need to look at what happens if we don't change. And that will be many, many times harder, uh, more painful. So we need to, even though it's hard, we need to do it anyway. And we need to do it very quickly if we don't do it in the next five years then it's basically too late so i think people really need to understand that and unfortunately i think many people on this planet haven't understood yet what global warming really means uh, what climate change really means so i think most of the young people have now understood and they're getting very impatient about that and i think that's a good thing so what i would say to companies who say yeah but we can't do more or we're already doing enough is just to maybe have a look at what we're doing and then we think <laughs> every company could copy our model every even I mean if you're selling soft drinks you could say all of the profits that we're making goes to tree planting I would not be offended by that and I think that would be awesome <laughs> and I even think that this will happen so that you will have big corporations will have competition pretty soon from companies that are more focused on solving solving climate change so if you don't adapt now you will have big problems later on you will lose market share and might even become irrelevant at some point so I think if you're as a company or even as a country or even as an individual if you're not doing everything that is really possible for you then you're doing too little and um, I think people are underestimating what's really possible. Like many companies say, yes, but we are already on 100% renewable energy. Well, that's not all you can do. You can go to 1000% renewable energy. You can invest a lot more and you don't even lose money. Like those investments are profitable. Yeah. So I think a lot of organizations still, maybe some of them now have this kind of at the top list of their priorities but there are still a lot of organizations who now only kind of start thinking about this and, and climate change, or, or let's say the whole climate topic is basically a subtopic of the marketing department and the marketing department needs to find a way to communicate how green the company is 
yeah. even though it actually isn't. And I think that that will backfire if you don't really take this seriously now. In one, two years, the issue will be even more burning. And if you're, you will look as a company, look really stupid if you didn't act 10 years ago, or at least now. I mean, we had a recent case now with a Royal Dutch Shell being basically forced by, by a Kurt to reduce their emissions and those kind of things will come very very yeah. a lot of that uh, will come and it will get more and more strict in in the next one or two years and i think the scrutiny of consumers and the the values of of younger consumers especially but i think that's going to sort of move through society and you're actually doing all this stuff and you're obviously going through you're learning a lot you're thinking about what you can do further etc are you creating blueprints and sharing this information as often as you can because obviously there are people who are thinking oh god i wish i could do something that was better and almost going back to where you started is there a way that you can share this knowledge yeah so i think that's actually i mean if you look at ecosia yes we are planting or we planted 125 million trees that's a lot but we can't solve, like our contribution will always be small compared to, let's say, what a big corporation could do. So I'm taking all the opportunities that I can. If I have an opportunity to talk to CEOs of big corporations, I always do that because my leverage can be much, much higher than if I implement something in my, in my own company. And I really just hope that, that we can be somehow part of this movement towards a regenerative world. But yeah, we all need to do that together. So, and I think the future is gonna be really awesome if we do that now, then we not only solve climate change, but solve a lot of other issues, a lot of, especially global injustice. And this is something that I'm very excited about. I don't know what would be more more noble than working working on that. And I think a lot of people start thinking the same way. And um, yeah, if, if I, have the opportunity to talk to a leader of a big organization, a big company. And I feel like they're not only doing this for marketing purposes, but rather because they really want to change. Then I'm always open to that. I, of course, realize that in big organizations who are, I don't know, maybe in a sector where it's really hard to change, let's say you're in a steel sector, for example, it's really quite hard to become carbon neutral or even carbon positive there. But still, if those companies are trying, I'm happy to happy to engage and happy to support where we can. Fantastic. Well, look, you're obviously showing great leadership in this. And it's fantastic to hear and, and a really positive story when quite a lot of the other stories are not so positive. <laughs> So thank you very much for taking the time. It's been great to speak to you. Thank you much for having me. Thanks again for listening. If you are interested to help support this series and help expand the discussion around climate topics, then please do consider backing my channel via Patreon. It will help me produce more content and you will also gain access to more expert interviews. It would be great to engage more with audiences too and understand your views on these topics.